0: Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nutsch on Live 95.
1: Picture this, you're in Limerick City and you're strolling off O'Connell Street, down Bedford Row, past the Richard Harris statue, all the way maybe towards the river where you meet the bronze statue of Terry Wogan. What's the common denominator? Well, these are all places and statues named after men. Should we have make a more active effort to try to give greater recognition to Limerick women for their role in history in the form of street names, statues, or maybe of other ideas as well? So, to join me uh, on this uh, discussion, we have historian Sharon Slater, sociology lecturer Karen Sugru, and architect, and active mobility campaigner Ailish Drake. Um, morning. Good morning. Good morning, you. Good morning Joe. Morning, so, Joe. So that's just a, a small example, mm-hmm. isn't it, of what we're talking about here.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of um real men statues and only fictionalized women statues in Limerick city. So That's a great
1: point. Yeah, just give me some examples.
2: Well, uh, the Lady of Quimper um and uh Hibernia on um Sarsfield Bridge, you know, they're fictionalized women. They're not real women whereas uh, the the ones you mentioned, Terry Wogan, uh, they're they're real men, you know? So it's it, it's mm. kind of a bit of a, a skew. So <laughs> When it, it when, when this question came up, I was wondering if, um, you know, should there be more women represented on the streets of Limerick, you know, historic women, great women from our past? And my answer to that, Joe, is yes. Now I can take off my headphones and walk out the room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. We've got a few minutes left to go. But, but, Karen, is it that men are more comfortable with fictionalized women being represented than real women?
3: Well, I think that, it, that there's an issue of unconscious bias. And I suppose this is what I wanted to come in this morning. Um, Eilish and Sharon are the uh, the experts in, in the, the public realm and the, the history of it. But I think that we have to take really, really seriously um, the real-world impact of not having women represented. So, for example, in the UK, there are more statues of men called John than there are of statues of women. In, in total? In total. In Limerick, we have had three times more mayors called John than we've had mayors who are women. If you go into the council building in Duradoyle, they have a picture wall at the moment of all the past mayors. It is on entirely 100% white men. That's it. It's a wall of men. Um, and some of those men have been mayor more than once, but no women at all. Now, there are nine out of 40 councillors are women currently in Limerick Council, and we have zero women representing us in the doll. So there are real world implications for not having representation of women in positions of power, but also on the streets, because what are statues except representations of people that we admire? Is Are we to say that we don't admire any real-world women so that we cannot represent them with statues?
1: Yeah. And it's interesting to Karen's point there, Eilish, because with the exception, I think, of Francis Condell, famously mm-hmm. in the 1960s, I think all of the other mayors referred to there have been during my working career. Now, I'm not in the game that long. Maybe longer than people might think, but not that long. But it just illustrates it, doesn't it? And only a few in that period as well.
0: Yes Jo and uh, I suppose like that's kind of the political side of it and I suppose when we look at the statues like traditionally um, monuments and statues are to kind of you know those kind of hero positions of, of you know people like explorers, politicians, statesmen and all that sort of thing and you know I suppose the, the idea of the monument is very traditional. Idea and it's kind of an old way, I suppose, of representing um, people. And you have the the monument. Uh, you know, it's usually the man on the pedestal that everybody's looking up to. You know, and. Um <coughs> It's quite interesting, I mean, if you look at our own history here in Ireland, where monuments were um, destroyed or blown up, like Nelson's Paler, um, where, you know, times change, and people that are on the the monument are maybe not representing what people want uh, to represent anymore, if you know what I mean. I mean, recently in Bristol, you know, there was a monument thrown into the the river, was it? Um, Who who was a a slave trader. So, you know, it's quite interesting, like, monuments and, you know, uh, representing people in towns and cities uh, can be quite controversial and you know it can be controversial in who you're you're, you're putting up there um, but there's also then the other side of it where um, it's not just about people in politics or those kind of positions but you have a massive cultural heritage so in Limerick we have great writers, great artists and a lot of these are, are women yeah. as well
1: And the other thing is Sharon you know when we think of our own history and how it was taught in schools you know, um Countess markovich might come mm-hmm. to mind and that revolutionary period mark gone maybe I, I, I beyond that yep you know we we really didn't hear about the role that women played in for example the war of Independence uh, or what happened subsequently even though they were playing oh, absolutely roles. a huge
2: role and that was purposeful um and especially after the 1937 Constitution um where it was one of the lines in the Constitution, I'm going to butcher this because I don't have the exact phrasing, but that a woman's place is in the home. So if they pushed out the history of women and the roles that they played in society, then women who were being told your place is in the whole home would be like, no, why is it when these women have come before me and have done it before? Just as Karen was saying, representation is so very important. You know, the women of 1916 and that entire period, you know, 1921... We had, um, we had a TD in the doll in uh, nineteen in the in the second Dáil, Um and then it wasn't for another until um, Jan Sullivan that we had another TD in, in
1: Limerick. You mean? In Limerick, yeah,
2: and we still haven't had any in the county ever, um, any women uh, representing Limerick, um, Limerick County. But uh, there was so many that if you can see it, you can be it. It really is an important factor.
1: And from your historical knowledge, who would you propose immediately should be recognised with a street name in Limerick, replacing maybe one of those men that have been named? You know, I mean, Bedford Row comes to mind. You're going, you know, most people wouldn't have a notion why it's called Mm -hmm. Bedford Row, for example.
2: Yeah, yeah, because there's so many street names in Limerick that are still named after Lord Lieutenants that had passed passed through once. And they were like, oh, we'll give them a name because they came here and visited one one time. But you know, we've even got the likes of um, the Opera Centre being built now, and that is to represent Catherine Hayes. But unless we give people the information that that's what that's for, people aren't going to know. It's a
1: great point. Like, Most people have no idea have why no it's called idea. the Opera Centre at know, the moment.
2: Yeah, the um, the Opera, the Limerick Opera Festival are doing great work in putting Catherine Hayes's name out there, but it needs to be put out more. But there is people like Ada Rain, who was born in Shannon Street, and she ended up becoming. Like uh, such a famous actress, like the top actress in the world in her lifetime, in New York she was on the stage, a Shakespearean actress. Um, she had. They ended up naming uh, an American warship after her. She was used as the model for um, for a statue in Montana. They everything was named after her and told about her. Um, she was mentioned in films, but we don't think about her here at all. She isn't. She's Mm. not
1: considered. And I suppose if you even think recently, when are we going to see appropriate recognition of Dolores O'Riordan, of the Cranberries in Limerick, or on a national stage as well, Sinead uh, um, O'Connor? funeral was this week, Just That's just two that come to mind, and there are so many others.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And I I think Dolores O'Riordan is a really good example. And, you know... um, like, interestingly, I, I was in Inniskillen there earlier on in the year and uh, we were at a regat, so we had a lot of time for walking around. And what they have done there is a really nice um, art project where they were actually celebrating writers. Now, it was actually a work of Oscar Wilde and Samuel Beckett, who both were educated, or at least had part of their education in Inniskillen. And they had all little... Um, uh, swall- golden swallows um, on the buildings. I think it's 150 through the town, and that was about the the poem Samuel Beckett's poem, "The Flight of the the Little Swallows." And um, when, as you walked along, there was a, bits of text, you know, pieces of text in the in the paving, and there was this was all done as part of the revitalisation of High Street and Iniskilling. And I just thought that that was a really nice way mm-hmm. of celebrating something that's you know culturally important and of cultural significance um, to you know to a, to a place. So if you look at DeLore or Reardon or, you know, writers like Kate O'Brien who are, you know, so so, you know, huge part of Limerick's uh, cultural heritage. There are lots of ways of kind of bringing this kind of stuff into, you know, into public realm um, that is kind of interesting and that kind of will piques people's Mm. interest and also bring something about the work as well as the person, if you know what I mean. So, uh, it's not just a statue of Dolores O'Reilly or even a statue of Kate O'Brien it's, it's people actually experience some of the, the work that they did yeah. or you know the, the songs of the text or that sort of thing you know
1: yeah, I, I know and yeah. it's slightly as well and it's always worth a visit no doubt about mm-hmm. it I, and Karen um, of course we're talking male-female here but I know you'd make the point gender is wider than that now
3: Absolutely I would of course and, and I think it, the issue is representation and when we don't see ourselves represented in the public realm That's a huge problem for ourselves and for the people around us. But just to go back to the point of unconscious bias and another thing that's called the authority gap. And the authority gap has really real-world consequences for people. So aside from career stuff and pay gap and so on. But when there's an authority, gender-based authority gap, which there is, it means that women and underrepresented people are not believed. Now, that is problematic for a number of reasons, but I'm going to use the example of pain and medicine. We know that there is a massive problem in medicine of women And underrepresented groups not being believed when they talk about their own pain, that has life or death consequences for them. We also know that women and underrepresented groups are not believed with sexual assault, bullying, harassment. That has real-world consequences. legal consequences but it also means that perpetrators know that they will not be believed and so that puts all of us at danger so the authority gap is extremely significant for everybody's safety and so when we talk about something like the public realm and and representation you know it's more than just the fairness and equity of it and that's very very important but we have to take into account the implications of this for our lives, and it puts us all in danger. And really, it's, it's a responsibility not just for women to talk about this, because this isn't just a women's issue. This is a social issue. Everybody needs to talk about this. And one thing that I will say, just in relation to this, when we represent um, only men and, and only white men, as being experts and this happens in the public realm in the form of statues but also on media so for example 16 percent of stories in the media about politics use women as experts 16 which means that the vast majority what is that 83 percent of of men of voices expert voices about politics are men now that has an implication for voting and that is part of why we have no women representing us in the door.
1: And, you know, Sharon, I, I wonder, too, I mean, we have had uh, our first female president since the 90s, Mary Robinson. Mm-hmm. We've had Mary McAleese, too. But we are still waiting for our first female Taoiseach. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Taoiseach's role is seen as the one with the real power, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's the that's the most important role, really, you um, yeah. In, in the government, and it is it's it's strange that we haven't got there, but it's also not considering that women haven't been allowed in weren't allowed in politics, you know, for so long that they couldn't rise up, they couldn't get to that position. Um, and speaking to Karen's point about representation, um, for the longest time, I only put my work out as a historian under Limerick's life, and m- more often than not, I would get emails or messages beginning with dear sir. You know, mm-hmm. it was just an automatic yeah. assumption that yeah. you know i'm a historian so i must be a sir. um and that's you know why representation matters and that's why i started putting my name attached to it as well so that other people could realize that you that there are women historians out there.
1: and do you think that there is any real momentum and we're having this conversation this morning to address this issue? Place names, statues, etc., in Limerick, or is it just a nice chat to have in the middle of August on a show like this, and a little, you know.
0: Well, I suppose, look, like like everything, Joe, Like I suppose the momentum needs to come from the community in Limerick. I mean, you've three women here now today who will uh, certainly try to um, drive it on. And I think, um, look, we know that the majority of our local council are male, so it's hard to get these issues to the to the forefront, so that I suppose we need to work hard to do that. And we need to uh, ask our male colleagues to help us to do that and to support, support it as well, you know. Would it be helpful if
1: the first directly elected mayor in Limerick was a woman?
0: Yes, I definitely think <laughs> it would. And I think there's a lot of uh, really uh, great women in Limerick who could fill that role very well. And um, I think it's important that we take this uh, election very, very seriously and look at the people that are you're know, standing in front of us and what are they going to bring to the city
1: and what they're right. going to do for the city. Would you anticipate representation among the candidates across gender? Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. and I think for anybody no, li- is that what you would like to see or do you think you will see it?
3: Oh we will absolutely see it absolutely no question about it and for the listeners out there I would just say, you know, we all have a responsibility. We have to vote for women or women will not get into positions of power and nothing will ever change. So that's what I would ask. Vote for a woman or run yourself or help a woman run because there is going to be a lot of electioneering and a lot of canvassing and a lot of of campaigning over the next year or so in Limerick and there will be a lot of women out there who would really, really be excellent candidates but also could
1: use the help of women to get elected. I think we can anticipate that the three of you and many other prominent figures will ensure that this issue is on the agenda and does not get forced out by other issues in the run into the election of a directly elected mayor of Limerick, which will be the first in the country as well. Well, listen, thank you. I mean, we've just touched on it this morning, but we will continue to talk about it. It's a very important theme and we're conscious of that here uh, on the Limerick Today show as well. Uh, Thank you to Sharon Slater, to Karen Sugru and to Ailish Drake for joining me this morning. Thank you. Your views, your news, your limerick
0: today with Joe Nutch on Live 95.